afternoon uh, where you join us on the special edition of our Ramadan uh, Medical Files. And Alhamdulillah, Sumal, Alhamdulillah, uh, this afternoon uh, we joined by our very own uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji. He's a specialist fa- family physician, someone uh, that has uh, made his uh, mark on uh, Islamic radio uh, throughout the world has been, uh, alhamdulillah, embraced and celebrated by many. Dr. Farooq Afiji, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And jazakallah once again uh, for joining us on uh, the special edition of uh, Medical Files in the beautiful month of Ramadan. Tell me, how are you doing, Doc? Alhamdulillah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you and to your listeners. Uh, yes, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has been kind to me and uh, to all of us. Uh, for keeping us going in uh, 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 and during this Ramadan. Yes, uh, Doctor, you know, whilst uh, we uh, conduct our shows, uh, many listeners have been uh, getting in touch with us. And it was a brother that uh, got in touch with me. And he said, uh, please, uh, he has your same, uh, like your first name, Farooq. And he told me, please uh, tell uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji to uh, address this issue in Ramadan, how to prevent hypertension and, you know, perhaps uh, reduce the use of pills and so forth. And he based uh, his uh, query on an article written by a, a you know, Andra. Uh, Andrin Mayer, hypertension in South Africa is still treated with old drugs, and this is what he said. And uh, you know, he visited South Africa and so forth, and his experiences. And uh, you know, he's also a doctor, so he appeared on many uh, uh, you know platforms here in this country. And in that interview, he spoke about many things. But in the end, I noticed that he had an agenda where he was, uh, you know, pushing forward his new brand of uh, medicine that he's come out with. So many, you know, you will come out and they tell you, yeah, you know, you're outdated and this and that. But uh, perhaps uh, your thoughts on, you know, hypertension and uh, people's uh, dependency on pills. And uh, the, the point that he's making, uh, that uh, we are 30 years behind in our treatments and so forth. How do you react to an individual like this, uh, doctor? Uh, no, that's not true. In fact, uh, we have cutting edge uh, uh, medication here in South Africa, uh, you know, that's uh, modern, uh, up-to-date medication that's found all over the world. Uh, so that's not true. We, we are using all kinds of medications uh, to treat high blood pressure. Uh, and the reason is that not all medications agrees with everyone. So we have to choose the medication according to the individual um, and, and work, work out what is the best way to treat, to bring that pressure down. But there are a few things that we need to take into account before we get to that. Uh, we must remember that about 30 to 40 percent of people in, in the world don't know that they have high blood pressure. The reason is that the, the, the symptoms of high blood pressure come up when the pressure is very high. So, uh, you know, if the pressure is up but not very high, there are no symptoms. You won't feel a headache, you won't feel dizziness, you'll feel nothing. Uh, and and that's, uh, that would be uh, uh, like mild high blood pressure, you feel nothing. But that mild high, pressure, pressure, high blood pressure will still do damage to your body. Also, the other thing to remember is that 30 to 40% of people who have high blood pressure have uncontrolled high blood pressure. That means their blood pressure is not controlled, either because they are not following up uh, with checkups or they are not checking the blood pressure, or they are not taking the medication regularly. And uh, so, so you know, uh, you, you, have a, you have a real bad situation as far as high blood pressure is concerned. And one of the big risk factors, one of the big complications of high blood pressure is uh, kidney damage. 
the kidney damage, which will, which will eventually end up with people having dialysis. So let's go back again and, and see what we can do to, to actually stop high blood pressure in the first place. To stop high blood pressure in the first place, you need to look at your risk factors. There are certain risk factors, a certain category of people who are more prone to getting high blood pressure. And, and if you are one of them, you, before you get the high blood pressure, you should actually stop, uh, stop and think about your, your life and try and change your lifestyle so that you don't end up with, um, with a situation where you are going to and you're going to have high blood pressure and you're going to start making, having, having to take medication. And now I'll just go through some of them uh, to, to see you know, whether you, you fit into that category or not. But one is a family history of high blood pressure. That means either one or two of your parents have high blood pressure. Your chances of getting off high blood pressure is very high. So, uh, so immediately you, there's not much you can do about it, but it means that you need to actually take very, very careful, pay, a very, pay very careful attention to the risk factor, to other risk factors that that may contribute to you getting high blood pressure, and one of the uh, big problems is is obesity, uh, overweight. If you are overweight or if you are obese, your chances of getting high blood pressure are very high. So immediately you should start dropping your weight, especially if your parents have high, have had high blood pressure. You know now that you've got a good chance of getting high blood pressure as you get older. So now you need to drop weight so that. You, you, don't, you take that risk factor out. The other risk factor, of course, is, uh, um, uh, is stress. And stress over a prolonged period of time can give you, uh, can be a risk factor for high blood pressure. Uh, and that is over a long period of time. People who have a lot of salt to, to, to eat, uh, eating a lot of salt, eating a lot of takeaway food. Takeaway foods, all, most of them have abundance of salt in them. And if you are a person who eats a lot of takeaway foods, then you, 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 you are a problem because you, you, the chances are that you are going to develop high blood pressure as you get older. Again, especially if, you, if your parents have had high blood pressure. So uh, uh, these are risk factors, that the, the common risk factors that are associated with, uh, with a rise in, in blood pressure. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, once you, once you, you know, the medications that we have these days, uh, the older medications had a lot of side effects. We do use some of the older medications. Uh, for instance, there's a, there's a tablet called Aldomet, which, which, which is not often used now because it's a three times a day dosage. And three times a day dosage, we find people usually miss one or two doses out. Uh, because of time constraints and they forget about it. Uh, but this drug is, is useful in pregnancy uh, because in pregnancy, a lot of the drugs that we now use in modern medicine for high blood pressure cannot be used in pregnancy. So we need to use a drug like Aldomed, which, which is fine. You can, you can use that uh, drug until the pregnancy is over. And once the pregnancy is over, the person can go back to uh, the, the other new, newer drugs. Uh, and uh, we have a host of new drugs that control blood pressure. And, uh, you know, some of them, uh, have, most of them have side effects. But uh, you just need to pick one that agrees with the person and then take it from there and, and, and treat the person um, uh, uh, accordingly. Now, doctor, you know, we talk about high blood pressure. Uh, hypertension and high blood pressure are the uh, one and the same thing, doctor? Yes, it is. Hyper hypertension is high blood pressure, yes. 
Then, uh, you know, there's the uh, perception that, uh, that, you know, the delay in medicine, uh, if you, you know, if, if you're uh, suffering from hypertension or high blood pr- pressure, uh, affects more than uh, people over the age of 50. Uh, is this true, doctor? Yes, it was true before. <clears throat> but now we're finding younger people getting high blood pressure. Uh, and we are, this, in, in the last 20 years or so, we are finding that people even in their 20s are getting high blood pressure. Uh, and that is, that is our lifestyle. Uh, and, and these people who, who get high blood pressure at a young age, younger age are, are, are again have the risk factors of overweight. They're, 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 they're either obese or they're overweight. Uh, and they have a high salt intake. Uh, and they, they have a very stressful life situation. So these are the things that we need to avoid uh, to try and um, not develop high blood pressure uh, at a young age. Now, uh, doctor, when you have this uh, pressure uh, problem or the high blood pressure, how does it affect your mood? No, the mood is not affected except when your blood pressure rises to a moderate level. Uh, if, it's, if it's mild, you won't know. Nobody would know unless somebody checks your blood pressure. And that's a, that's a problem. So all of us should have our blood pressure checked at least once every six months or so, uh, definitely once a year, just to make sure that your blood pressure is normal. Uh, these are people who have normal blood pressure. We should, have, we should just check it once every six months, once every year, when the opportunity arises. And a lot of people have blood pressure machines at home. People who have high blood pressure, a lot of them have blood pressure machines at home. So if you know of somebody who's got a blood pressure machine at home, and if you go and visit them, ask them to take your blood pressure while you are there. And and that would be an easy, very easy way for you to work out whether your pressure is, is normal or not. Remember I said that 30 to 40% of people, normal people, don't know that they have high blood pressure. And that's quite a large number of people. That's three or four out of 10 people uh, who, who have high blood pressure but don't know that they have high blood pressure. And of course, uh, it does damage to the body. So it is quite a significant um, risk factor for, for kidney disease and uh, for, for dialysis in the end. And that's what, that's what we are trying to avoid. Now, uh, you know, what about people, uh, sometimes they look at uh, individuals' eyes and say, hey, this guy's got red bloodshot eyes, perhaps he's got pressure, and check your pressure out. Will we, will we be wrong in our assumptions, uh, doctor? Not always. The red eyes can be due to a variety of reasons. But yes, high blood pressure can give you uh, congested uh, conjunctive eye. And uh, yes, it can, it can cause redness of the eye. Uh, but uh, your pressure has to be very high for you to do that. Um, so, you, you know, um, uh, uh, you, you, it is one, but, but the pressure has to be very high. The mild pressure would not cause the redness of the eye. Some other problem would be causing the redness of the eye. Of course, the other thing that uh, the high blood pressure causes is heart disease. Uh, and because of, because of the high pressure, there's a lot of pressure, back pressure on the, on the heart, and the heart becomes larger and becomes ineffective, and pe- people go into heart failure because the heart becomes uh, an, an ineffective pump. Uh, so heart failure is another common complication of high blood, of high blood pressure, untreated high blood pressure.
Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah for that, uh, Doctor. As uh, we look at a lot of questions uh, coming for you, as uh, usual, when your composites, uh, you know, it's advertised. And uh, this one says from uh, Harun Masa. He says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji. I really enjoy you on Marcus Sahaba, and uh, both you and Brother Shafat really resonate uh, brilliantly. Please, uh, I'm uh, addicted uh, to carbonated drinks, uh, but I love the stony ginger beer. Uh, will that uh, give me hypertension? Uh, hypertension? Because sometimes uh, my uh, wife tells me, you're very hyperactive. Please, uh, doctor, advise me accordingly. How do you uh, respond to Harun Masa there, Doc? Uh, yes, I, I must. Just before that, the other serious complication of high blood pressure, very high high blood, high blood pressure, is a stroke. And we often see that in people who have very high blood pressure when they don't know that they've got high blood pressure. And they go about their normal work. Uh, and then uh, it's uncontrolled, very high, and they can get a stroke from it. So that's as far as uh, high blood pressure is concerned. But, you know, fizzy drinks, uh, you're talking about stony ginger beer, it's, it's okay, that's not, a, that's not a problem. But the problem is the fizziness, the carbonated drink. That's the problem. Because now we know, the re recently we know, that people who consume a lot of carbonated drinks, um, uh, you know, they're, they're drinking carbonated drinks, the carbon, the carbonate in the drink, that's what causes the fizziness, uh, gets absorbed and goes to the kidney and, and can cause carbon, the calcium carbonate stones. So one of the side effects of having too many fizzy drinks uh, is, is forming the formation of kidney stones. Uh, so again, we are finding young people developing kidney stones, uh, and uh, uh, one of the reasons, one of the reasons is it's not the only reason. One of the reasons is uh, drinking too much of carbonated drinks. Once in a while, you have a carbonated drink; uh, it's not a problem. Uh, your body will be able to eliminate the carbonate without any problems. But to, having a drink, having a lot of drinks every day will create a problem for you. Not only strongly ginger beer, any carbonated drinks uh, will do that. Even carbonated water will, will, will do that. Uh, so uh, we, we must try and avoid uh, carbonated drinks as much as we can. Uh, looking at this question, the anonymous says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji, Brother Shafat. Also send my salams to Mufti A.K. Hussain. He really does uh, justice uh, to this radio station. Brother Shafat, I uh, suffer from a weak bladder, and therefore I have very little sleep. Will I uh, get uh, hypertension? Please, uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, uh, uh, advise. Uh, Dr. Saab? Uh, no, there is no connection between uh, a weak bladder and high blood pressure. Uh, there is no connection with that. Uh, the only connection that may be possible would be if the high blood pressure is treated with diuretics, uh, which means that the person is passing a lot of urine. Uh, but uh, a weak people describe a weak bladder by uh, by, by that. Most people mean that uh, they you know they, they they pass urine very quickly or, or they they have an urge to pass urine very quickly, uh, and sometimes they don't even make it to the toilet. Uh, so. There's a few reasons for that. Uh, it's incontinence, uh, and it could be incontinence, or it could be an irritable bladder. Uh, irritable bladder where the bladder muscle is irritated uh, by whatever something, uh, which causes the muscle to contract very vigorously, trying to push the urine out as fast as possible. And that's what makes a situation where, uh, where you have to run to the toilet uh, suddenly, without much notice, that you need to quickly go and empty your bladder, otherwise you're going to mess your, your underwear. Uh, so 
that uh, that that has that can be treated. Uh, in fact, these days uh, we have quite good medications and good ways of treating incontinence. They should contact their doctor and try and uh, work out uh, what's the best way for them uh, to treat it. To treat it. Uh, what I picked up there, doctor, in the question was, uh, he says because of his uh, uh, incontinence or his weak bladder, uh, he doesn't get much sleep. Can that less sleep uh, bring about uh, hypertension, doctor? Yes, sleep deprivation is one of the causes of high blood pressure, but that has to happen over a long period of time. Um, over a long period of time, sleep deprivation uh, can cause heart disease, high blood pressure, and diabetes as well. Uh, so if you are a person who's not getting enough sleep and not covering up during the day for the inadequate number of hours of sleep that you're having, uh, and, and over a long period of time, uh, it will cause, uh, it can cause, uh, it's, it's a risk factor uh, for all these diseases, heart disease, diabetes, and high blood pressure. So, you know, if you're not sleeping very well, you need to attend to that and find out why you're not sleeping very well. But people who have uh, what, you, what they call a weak bladder, they have to wake up all the time to go to the toilet. Uh, that really creates a sleep problem. So they need to attend to that bladder problem uh, to try and sort the bladder problem out so that it doesn't bother them at night. Alhamdulillah, a lot of questions coming through. This one says, uh, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji. Uh, Maf, I have a very bad habit, I know, which is makru. I smoke a lot. Can uh, this uh, exacerbate uh, uh, high blood pressure? Please, uh, doctor, I want to give it up. Please make duas for me. Doctor? Yes, smoking is a very bad, very bad risk factor uh, for, for high, blood, high blood pressure as well. It causes uh, plaque formation in the arteries, narrowing the arteries. Uh, it, causes, it can cause heart disease. Uh, and, of course, we now know that um, not only does it cause cancer of the mouth and throat and lungs, it can also contribute to cancer of the bowel, uh, cancer of the bladder, uh, cancer of the spleen and cancer of the liver. Uh, you, you know, it's it's a risk factor for all those cancers. So, uh, you know, it's there, there's so many carcinogens in cigarettes, and that is that, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to for the filter to 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 filter all those carcinogens out. And people who smoke um, uh, regularly, uh, large amounts especially, will end up with some problem uh, in the future. So if it's not lung problems, which is chronic obstructive uh, pulmonary disease, uh, where they, they have trouble breathing, where they won't be able to walk very far because of short of shortness of breath, that's one of the physical side effects of smoking where the, the lungs get damaged by, uh, by, the, by, the, by the tar that's in the, in the cigarette. Uh, but uh, uh, the, uh, the other side effects, like, like, the, like we're talking about the cancers that, that people get, uh, those are very significant side effects. And uh, so if you look at overall, it's, it has a, it's, a, it's a habit that people need to really give up because it really harms the body in a very bad way. The other problem with smoking, or, or, you know, too much of smoking or, or smoking in general is that if you smoke in an enclosed area like a car or, or like a house or, a, you know, in our, or your bedroom, a um, person who is sharing that space with you is also inhaling the smoke and they will also suffer the same side effects that people who smoke would suffer. So, they don't, they don't need to smoke, they, but by inhaling the smoke in the room or in the car on a continuous basis, they can get the same side effects 
as a person who smokes. So their chances of getting cancers of different parts of the body and, of course, getting chronic lung disease uh, is very high. And that uh, that's another factor that people who smoke need to take into account uh, and not smoke. If they want to smoke, they need to go outside and smoke, not inside. And smoking in the toilet doesn't count because a lot of the smoke from the toilet comes into the house uh, in and and especially if you have children children around you, uh, smoking in the house or in the toilet or anywhere, it's going to harm them. It's going to harm them in the long run. Uh, smoking is bad. And really, whoever smokes should really think very hard of giving it up. In fact, Ramadan is a very good time to give it up because if you, if you can do without smoking for 13 hours or 13 and a half hours, surely it must makes it much easier to give it up for the rest of the day. Um, and this is a time to do it, uh, and uh, this is a time to throw the packet away and and give up this habit. Uh, it, it's going to be a bit painful for a while, but then after that, uh, you gain the advantage of not having all these side effects in the future. Uh, looking at this uh, message from uh, Naeem, he says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, may I compliment you? 25 years later, you still sound as uh, fresh as ever was on radio. Allah keep you, Allah bless you. Uh, doctor, I want to know these artificial sweeteners in everything uh, there is, and also there's uh, uh, artificial uh, uh, sweeteners that we use in our teas and coffee. Has this any side effects? I've been told recently that they are major cause uh, for cancer. Is there any truth in that? Doctor, how do you uh, respond to Naeem? Yes, there has been no, there have been many, many studies done on artificial sweeteners uh, all over the world. And this has been going on for many, many years now, 30, 40 years. And nobody has come up with any definite um, side effects from this, uh, from taking from taking these uh, artificial sweeteners. Again, it depends on the quantity that you're taking. Now, remember when the, when the sugar tax came into, into being in South Africa a few years ago, uh, the, the, the soft drink companies all moved to artificial sweeteners to sweeten their, their soft drinks. Uh, these are carbonated drinks, and uh, you, you, it'll be hard for you to find a normal sugar-containing um, uh, soft drink uh, on, the, on the shelves at the moment. Every one of them, most of them, 90% of them, have got artificial sweetness in them. So again, we come to the point where these carbonated drinks with artificial sweetness, you've got two things there which are not right. Remember, when you consume something artificial, the body doesn't know what to do with it. Natural things that you eat, and wholesome foods that Allah Ta'ala has provided for us, the body knows how to dispose of it. It knows how to break it down, and it, it knows how to clear the toxins that, that come out from it and all the waste material that comes out from it. The body, has, uh, ha, uh, the body knows how to, how to eliminate it. But you give the body uh, too much of these artificial sweeteners or artificial uh, yeah, the sweeteners, uh, they, they will cause a problem because the body doesn't know how to eliminate them. A lot of them get uh, stored in fat cells and are released slowly from, from there over a period of time. And so it may, it may make you, we don't know. There's no proof that, that it causes any problems, uh, but it may, may cause tiredness, weakness, fatigue. We don't know. We are, at the moment, there's no evidence to suggest that, uh, that it causes any problems. Um, but there are, there are natural sweeteners like stevia, which is from a plant um, and very popular in Japan, actually. 
Uh, it's a it's a sweetener from a, from a plant. It's a plant based sweetener, so it's it's a naturally occurring sweetener. Uh, so uh, that 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 is okay. You can use that uh, to sweeten your uh, your whatever you want to drink. The best thing to do, remember, the sweetness is on your tongue. The sweetness is is on your taste buds. So you can modify those tastes. You can really modify it. It will take a few weeks, three or four weeks. But slowly reduce the amount of sugar that you are taking in whatever you're taking over a period of time. And within three months, I can, you know, you, 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 you will have no, you have, you, you have no desire to have the sugar-containing drink. Whether it's tea, coffee, or whatever it is, slowly drop the sugar content down over a period of time, even if it takes you six months, and you find after that you do it no sugar. And that's the best way to do it. Rather than using artificial sweeteners, the best way to do it is to get off the sugar completely. Uh, beautiful indeed, uh, Doctor. Really enjoy you and uh, Alhamdulillah enjoying this program. Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, low fat. What about low fat and fat free dairy products? Uh, isn't that compromised? Uh, you're putting something that is compromised into your body and it went through a special process where it was made fat free or low fat, uh, Doctor? Yes, uh, you know, uh, the, the full cream milk has got about 3% fat in it. Uh, and we think it's a lot of fat, um, you know, that full cream milk will have a lot of fat in it, but it's only 3% of the milk that has got fat in it. So for people who are, okay, healthy, normal, uh, no uh, cholesterol problems or, or triglyceride problems, they can have full cream milk. There's no problem. The body will be able to, to digest it very well and, and, and take care of it without any problems whatsoever. Those people, we, we find that those people who have a cholesterol problem or a triglyceride problem, where fat in the, in the blood is a bit high, uh, they, uh, we, we ask them to go on to a, a low-fat diet. Uh, a low-fat diet will have about half the amount of uh, fat in it, which is about 1.5% 1. 1. Uh, of fat, still has fat in it, uh, which is a safer drink to drink. Because you need some of the some of the fat that's in the milk uh, for you for you to to go on with your normal daily business. Uh, Fat-free milk has got about 0.5 percent of fat in it. Uh, it doesn't have complete loss, but about 0.5 percent, and uh, that one you know is is it's got no fat in it. So uh, for people who want to lose weight. Uh, people who, are, who who don't want to have uh, high calories, um, uh, they they can have fat-free milk until they've lost their weight, uh, or or low even low-fat milk will help them uh, lose weight because you're you're putting less calories inside. Uh, so uh, so um, you know uh, it's, it's it's okay to have any of those. There's no problems with that. Uh, looking at this uh, message from uh, Zahid, uh, Zahid says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Ramadan Kareem to all of you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless your lovely show as uh, we always enjoy the medical shows. And Alhamdulillah, Brother Shafat, uh, keep up the great work. And also Dr. Farooq Kafiji. I eat a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables and whole grains. But uh, Dr. Farooq Kafiji, I seem to still be very, very healthy. You know what I mean, overweight. Doctor, how you advise there? Uh, yes, well, you know, it's very healthy to eat uh, fruit and vegetables uh, and because that's where we get our vitamins from, that's where we get our minerals from. And in fact, the raw vegetables like salads that we have are very good because that's where we get our 
a lot of our vitamins from and minerals as well. Uh, but you know, uh, the, the fruit has got fructose in it. Fructose is a sugar that's also that's metabolized in the end uh, into glucose. But then, uh, so so it will it will increase the calories that you are you are taking, and. Uh, you know, so it it, it, it it will have to be counted as part of your calories. But remember, again, uh, if you really love the food, uh, it, 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 it won't only on its own cause um, uh, weight gain. It, it, you know, it has to be taken with, with uh, the rest of the food that you're eating. Uh, so maybe the extra calories are coming from other foods that you're eating, which is creating the weight gain. But, uh, you know, coming just to the fruit itself, you know, if you, if you have fruit that is just turning from green to ripe, the sugar content is not very high. So you can eat as much of those as possible as, as you want because it's not going to create a sugar problem for you. Uh, and especially for diabetics, that's the best type of fruit that you can have. Fruit that's turning just from green to ripe and uh, uh, enough uh, ripeness for it to give you, give it a, a bit of a sweet taste. The riper the fruit, the higher the sugar content. And so the ripe, ripe fruit are no good for people with diabetes because it has too much of sugar in it. And of course, too much of sugar means too much of calories. So uh, there, again, you could divide the fruit into fruits that have a lot of calories and fruits that don't have much calories in them. And uh, uh, you can separate them. So if you're eating a lot of fruit and you don't want to put on weight, then you need to pick fruits that don't have much calories in them. And these are all the berries, the, the, the apricots, the nectarines, uh, the plums. Um, these are the fruits that you can have um, without, without much problem. And the peaches, uh, these are the fruits that have lower, lower amounts of sugar in them and will not make you put on weight. Um, remember, fruit and vegetables have a high fiber diet, high fiber, and they, they are very good for the bowel to work. The other things that fruit and vegetables have, which we really need very badly, are anti antioxidants. Antioxidants are substances that gobble up the radical free radicals in the in the body caused by uh, by metabolism, by by stress, by uh, leading a very hectic life. We produce a lot of free radicals. These are things that can damage our organs, that can damage our blood vessels. And uh, uh, these antioxidants gobble up these free, free radicals, uh, making them not cause any problems in the body. So that's another very good reason to have a lot of fruit and vegetables, uh, especially the different colors of fruits and vegetables, to give you those uh, that extra um, antioxidant that we all need in this hectic life that we live. Uh, doctor, whenever you talk about colors, you know, whenever I have my fruit and I see those different colors, I can see you there. I always think of you. Say, hey, that's my doctor, Farooq Abidji, talking about the wonderful colors of fruits. And look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created mankind into different tribes and nations and insan, different colors. I mean, look at the species of fish and so forth. All these things, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, really, you know, the eye of the noble Quran resonates. So which is it of the fables of your Lord will you deny? Looking at a message from Sadek, and Sadek says, Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Farooq Abidji. I really love you for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakallah khaira for gracing our medical files on uh, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Doctor, I have been having uh, Nan and Halim throughout Ramadan and I'm feeling 
tops. Also, after Tarawi, I indulge in peanuts and raisins. And uh, my wife says, no, you'll get hypertension. But I say, no, look at me. I'm ship shape. Uh, doctor, please advise. Uh, she's also listening uh, this afternoon. Doctor? Yes, that's, uh, honeybee is very good. Actually, it's uh, barley, oats, and rye. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very good uh, uh, nutritious broth. Uh, and uh, uh, we should we should have that not only during Ramadan, but we can have it throughout the year, actually. It's a very good uh, nutritious uh, uh, broth or, or soup or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's, that's fine. And the naan is okay, um, but uh, not too much of that because it may constipate you because it's made with white flour. Uh, otherwise, it's fine. I mean, that's that's a good diet. That and uh, uh, after after tarawi, he has nuts. Yes, that's fine. There's no problem as long as he doesn't have uh, too much of it. And also, as, far, as long as he doesn't have a family history of high blood pressure, uh, the extra salt uh, in the nuts may create a problem if he has a lot of nuts. Uh, but uh, uh, if he has a history of high blood pressure or he has a history of his parents having high blood pressure, then he can have salt-free nuts. And that's quite okay. You can have as much of that as possible. Nuts are very good, absolutely very good, because uh, they have minerals in them which our body needs. Uh, they have calories, a lot, small amount of calories. Uh, some of them uh, are oily, like, like the cashew nuts or the macadamias. They are very oily nuts. And that can, if you have too much of that, that may contribute to weight gain. Uh, but uh, the other tree nut, the other tree nuts are all quite safe to, to have without uh, much without any problems, uh, and and they are very healthy. Nuts nuts are very healthy. Jazakallah for that. Hassan says, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, I want to tell you that uh, buying a chicken now is a uh, like a Russian roulette because uh, they say all these uh, chickens are imported and they come in with lots of uh, diseases and so forth. I want to know, uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, what are the uh, side effects of eating affected chicken because it's sold with the halal stamp. Allah only can save us. But Dr. warn us because lots of our people are chicken addicts. Doctor, how you respond to Hassan there? Oh, I think that question may be a question for an, for an alim uh, to answer as far as the halal bit is concerned. Uh, yeah, we need to be very careful in this world now because our world, this world is gone all topsy-turvy. Uh, what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right. Uh, and uh, we have to be very, very careful. And we need to source our, our uh, chicken from uh, places where we are now, we are absolutely sure that it's halal, uh, and we need to question the person, the, 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 the shop owner or the, wherever you're buying it from. We need to, you know, um, we need to be um, uh, careful where, where we buy it from, and we need to have uh, trust in that person where we're buying it from. Uh, it's important to do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are, there are many uh, farm chicken uh, uh, places now, uh, which are around cities all over. And these are providing halal chicken, uh, uh, you know, and, but they come with a problem. Uh, and that is that uh, sometimes they are not prepared very well. Uh, and, and sometimes that can cause a problem uh, for us because uh, uh, they may be infected with bacteria if, you, if they are not cleaned properly. So again, you need to make sure that wherever you buy your chicken from, uh, that is a, it's a place which is hygienic and that take measures to prevent in, infection from uh, getting into the chicken. Uh, so you see, maybe 
um, the infection may get into the chicken and then they, they, they may freeze it. And then when you thaw it, uh, the infection starts again. And so if you cook it, if you cook it well, you kill all the bugs. So, um, so as far as that is concerned, um, that, that would be quite okay. But if it's chicken that's not cooked very well, uh, that may pose a problem if you're buying it from a farm. Uh, that, may, that, that may not be very hygienic. So there, there are some issues that you need to look at, but each one of us should check to see where we're getting our chicken from and try and uh, make sure that it's coming from a safe uh, place and, and it's halal. You know, uh, doctor, talking about, uh, you know, compromised foods and so forth. But, uh, you know, a lot of South Africans have gone over to Turkey and, uh, you know, have settled there. And I've got quite a few friends and family members that have gone over also. And uh, they tell us, you know, uh, the best thing in, in Turkey is, you know, if you go to the outskirts, there are so many organic farms that, that you can go and buy. Uh, you know, you get abundance of fruit and uh, whatever you want, your vegetables and so forth. It's all fresh. And he says... Uh, and it's quite affordable. And, uh, you know, this is uh, it's, uh, unlike uh, the Western countries or like even in South Africa, where you go for organic products and it's a treble the price, uh, uh, doctor. How far, uh, fortunate these people are, Dr. Farouk? Yes. Uh, yes, they are very fortunate. Uh, in fact, we have plenty of land in South Africa and, and uh, I would encourage our people, our, our young people, to go into farming in South Africa. Uh, and I know it's dangerous at the moment with all the farm attacks that are taking place. But uh, I think, uh, in, you know, in, in certain areas where there's farm attacks are not very uh, prominent, very common, uh, they should really get into these um, these uh, industry, this industry and try and provide the Muslim community uh, with, uh, with halal food, uh, with halal meat and uh, halal chicken. And, uh, uh, you know, I think the community is crying out for places like that uh, because of this all of the nonsense that's going on with the, with the chicken uh, in this country. I think uh, there, there, there's a good opportunity for young people to go, in, go into that business and try and make a good living out of that. Yeah, a good point indeed. And uh, yeah, 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 locally, lots of our people also getting into farming and so forth. Hamid says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji. Lovely show indeed. I want to know from uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, is there any cure for high blood uh, pressure or hypertension? Because I believe there is uh, no cure. How true is that, doctor? Once you've developed high blood pressure, uh, and if, you, if you're really serious about lifestyle changes, you can reverse it. So if you are overweight and if, you, if you're having a diet very high in salt and, and uh, you're not exercising, you, you're leading a very sedentary life, um, remember exercise reduces blood pressure. So, so if, you are, if you're a person who's not exercising very well and uh, overweight, having a lot of salt, and if you develop high blood pressure, you go out again now, you go back again now and reduce your weight drastically. Stop putting, stop having high salt foods, have a little bit of salt, not, not too much because our body does need salt and eliminate the high salt foods from your diet and get into an exercise program. And that can reverse the high blood pressure in the early stages. But once the high blood pressure is established, once it's established, it's very difficult to 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 get, uh, get it out of control. But you can do it, again, with very strict lifestyle changes, 
very strict lifestyle changes, you can actually reverse the high blood pressure and become normal again. Uh, and that's possible, yes. Uh, but it must, be a, it must be a continuous thing throughout the rest of your life, uh, not just uh, for the moment where you bring your pressure down by correcting your lifestyle, and then once your pressure is down again, you go back onto your habits again that, that cause the problem, and of course your pressure will go up again. So it has to be a sustained thing for the rest of your life. Low salt diet, low weight, and uh, exercise. Those are the three things that you need to do to get that pressure down. Uh, Hamid says, Assalamu alaikum. Oh, no, 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 that's not Hamid. Lower down. Yeah, that's uh, Yaqub. Uh, Yaqub says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji. I've been having uh, lemon water for the past uh, 25 years, and I've been told uh, by uh, many doctors uh, that's a very good habit that I will not get uh, high blood, uh, blood pressure. I am sure you will reassure me this afternoon, doctor. No, unfortunately, that's not true. <laughs> you you get a lot of vitamin C from the from the from the lemon. But uh, not not much else, uh, unfortunately, because uh, there's no there's no evidence to suggest that uh, that will have any effect on blood pressure. Yeah, doc, uh, I'm, I'm I'm shocked. Hey, the brother Madhi got a big shock there, Jakub. Unfortunately, you got your answer there. And uh, yes, uh, doctor, looking at uh, this question, he says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Kafiji. We really enjoy you on this uh, platform. Allah keep you blessed uh, now and uh, forever. Uh, doctor, we'd like to know, uh, does aspirin lower blood pressure? Good question there. I uh, know it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't lower blood pressure. Uh, aspirin is, uh, is an anti-inflammatory agent. <clears throat> and uh, uh, you know it it, uh, it it can it can be very corrosive to the to the stomach, and uh, and it it can thin the blood out, uh, but uh, not not too much, just a, a little bit of thinning of the blood, uh, which is helpful helpful in older people, uh, but not old people, elderly people, but uh, people who have uh, cholesterol problems and high and diabetes. Uh, they they will benefit from the thinning of the blood, but uh, uh, it's an anti-inflammatory. So that's how it works. By uh, that's how it works to control pain. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that's uh, nothing more than that. Doc, you know our type of cooking. We have the tomatoes, the onions, uh, different types of spices. The cinnamon goes in. Sometimes ilachi. Uh, you know the type of food that we cook and eat. You know, and some of us love our green chilies and so forth. Uh, it, it should be. Isn't food should be a medicinal? Would you say that Indian cooking or our type of cooking is more of a medicinal food, or is it a food that is causing more harm to us? Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Doc? No, I think I, I think all these uh, things that we use, uh, including ginger and uh, uh, you know uh, garlic, uh, all these things are helpful for our body. And so I think our our Indian style of cooking uh, is very beneficial to the body. And over the years, I think our forefathers have perfected it uh, to an art where they have incorporated all these. Uh, uh, spices and herbs into our cooking, uh, and and of course giving it a, a good taste as well. And incorporate by incorporating it into the cooking, we are getting doses every day, small doses every day, uh, which is which is helping us uh, to maintain our bodies uh, over a period of time. 
And then, you know, something that I like, I've acquired a taste for it, is uh, the grapefruit. I break it up and I eat it uh, segment by segment. Uh, very healthy indeed, uh, but, you know, you only get it in season. Uh, how about a grapefruit for perhaps a hypertension or high blood pressure, Doc? No, great, grapefruit is okay in small amounts, but it can cause problems. It can interfere with certain medications as well. Uh, it's not a it's not a fruit that uh, that we would recommend that people would, who are taking medication uh, and different types of medication for different reasons uh, they shouldn't they shouldn't really be having grapefruit uh, because it does interfere with. Uh, with medications, it combines with certain medicines, making it unavailable to the body. Uh, it enhances some of the medications, uh, which makes the dosage a bit higher. Uh, it's not a not a good idea uh, for people. It's okay for people who are not on any medication. Uh, that's okay for them. But people who are on medication, I would be wary of having grapefruit or grapefruit juice uh, because it can interfere with the medications. Looking at the question here, Apa Foy says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji. Does uh, ginger reduce uh, hypertension, doctor? Uh, generally, no. There's no evidence to suggest that. Um, ginger is, is, has also have, has an anti-inflammatory effect, uh, which, is, which is quite good for the body. Uh, and, but you have to have quite a lot uh, for for you to get any benefit as far as arthritis is concerned. But uh, uh, but it doesn't have any effect on high blood pressure. It's it's not connected at all. A message here from Bilal. He says, "Assalamu alaikum." I've been uh, getting uh, mixed signals, uh, Doctor Faru Kafiji, from uh, different uh, types of people, even me medical practitioners. Some say coffee is uh, good for high blood pressure. Others say no, it raises the pressure. And I also went to a lot of uh, alternative uh, practitioners giving me mixed signals. I know this afternoon you'll give me the right signal. Is it uh, is coffee good or bad for high blood pressure, Doctor? How you respond there? Yes, there's, you know, there are many, many, many studies that have been done on coffee uh, because of what you're saying, because of conflicting reports that come out and what people say about, about coffee. Uh, but, uh, you know, the latest results that come out uh, show that uh, coffee is very good. It's very good for you to have coffee, at least one or two cups a day, uh, three cups maximum, no more than that. Uh, and remember, its caffeine content is very high. And now recently it has also shown that people who drink coffee on a regular basis have a less chance of getting dementia. Uh, so it does, does alert the brain and make the brain function a little bit better. Uh, so as far as that is concerned, that's another plus for coffee. But, uh, uh, you know, there's, you know, drinking up to three cups of coffee a, a day is not going to create an, any problems. And in fact, it's quite been, it has been shown to be quite beneficial. Of course, some people can't take coffee because uh, they get palpitations, their, their heart races very fast, and uh, it makes them feel weak. And uh, of course, they must avoid uh, coffee because uh, they can have decaf coffee. Decaf coffee doesn't does have caffeine, but a very small amount of caffeine in it. Uh, so yes, coffee is good. And uh, you know, people who drink coffee, well, it's good for them. Well, you heard that. If you drink coffee, it's good for you. Um, Amina Foy says, Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Farooq Hafiji. Our relatives in Fort Bandar say that uh, drinking hot water is uh, good for high blood pressure. Is there any truth in this, uh, doctor? No, no, no truth whatsoever. It has nothing to do 
if you have nothing to do uh, with high blood pressure. Uh, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be good for your stomach to, to help your stomach uh, cl cleanse out all the mucus, but nothing more than that. It's not going to create any problems. Remember, if you drink warm water or you drink cold water or ice cold water, it goes into the stomach, your body temperature is 37 degrees. Uh, within minutes, that, that whatever, temperature, whatever temperature of water that you've had will return to 37 degrees, 38 degrees uh, in your stomach. Um, you know, in a short period of time. So uh, it doesn't uh, make much difference whether you have cold, cold water or warm water. It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. has no effect on high blood pressure whatsoever. Looking at this message, uh, Fazila Masi says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Afiji. I believe that apple cider and vinegar is good for lowering uh, blood pressure. Uh, please advise accordingly, doctor. No, none of the studies that have been done on, on it has shown any effect on, on lowering blood pressure. Uh, not, not to my knowledge. Um, may have some effect on some anti-inflammatory effect on joints uh, to help with pains in the, in the joints. Uh, but besides that, it, uh, it's, uh, we have no evidence to suggest any uh, beneficial effects with high blood pressure. What about uh, paracetamol, uh, Doc? Does it lower blood pressure? Uh, no. Generally, it doesn't, no. Um, may lower blood pressure in the sense that the pain itself may cause you anguish and, and, uh, and, and discomfort, which will raise your blood pressure. Uh, and and uh, by taking the pain tablet, you, you take the pain away, which may, gives you, take that, uh, uh, that, that discomfort away from you. And that will help to lower your blood pressure. See, love, your blood pressure fluctuates all the time, all the time. So, uh, you know, even if you, you can take your blood pressure now, and if your blood pressure is normal, and if you start talking, your blood pressure will go up. Uh, if you start shouting, your blood pressure will go up. If you start exercising, your blood pressure will go up. But the important thing is that when you're resting, the blood pressure comes back to normal. So the blood pressure fluctuates all the time. It fluctuates depending on what we are doing. And that's how the body uh, keeps us, uh, keeps the circulation going. So when we need the extra circulation, the heart pumps the blood a bit faster, a bit harder, so your blood pressure rises. Uh, and that's to accommodate the extra effort that you need to make with your body. But when you are resting, the effort is not very much. Therefore, the heart stops pumping vigorously with the result that the pressure comes down and, and, uh, and your blood pressure is back to normal again. So... Uh, you know, it's, it's a fluctuating thing all the time. Therefore, uh, when, we, when we tell people to take their blood pressure, we say, you know what, you need to sit down, you need to relax for a few minutes, and then take your blood pressure. You just can't suddenly sit on the chair and take your blood pressure, and you're talking to, your, to somebody or talking to the person who's taking your blood pressure. doesn't work because your blood pressure will be an abnormal result. Uh, because uh, of the fluctuation in the blood pressure, while even even when you're talking, so you need to keep quiet, relax, and take your blood pressure at that time, and that will give you your true blood pressure reading. Uh, uh, you know that that you need uh, to see whether you are you're under control or not. And uh, doctor, you know, how does an individual feel when they have a uh, high blood pressure, doc? You know, 30, as I said earlier, 30 to 40% of people who have high blood pressure don't know that they have high blood pressure because there are no symptoms. The symptoms only arise when the blood pressure rises very high. And those symptoms are headache, and they, they, they will cause a headache, 
Uh, it may cause uh, a, a bloodshot eyes. It may even break a blood vessel in the nose or in the eye, causing uh, uh, causing some uh, a little bleeding uh, under the white of the eye. Or it can kick, it can cause uh, bleeding from the nose by breaking an artery there. And of course, this is these are danger uh, danger signs because. If you can break an artery in the eye and can break an artery in the nose, it can certainly break an artery in the brain or in the kidney or in the liver or in any part of the body. So these are danger signals. Therefore, that blood pressure needs to be brought down very, very fast because it's now affecting blood, uh, the blood vessels in the body. Uh, and one of the, one of the terrible things is a stroke. And I've had many patients, uh, not many, sorry, I had a few, I've had a few patients who had high blood pressure, very high, high blood pressure, and, and in my rooms, diagnosed for the first time, they don't believe you. They don't believe that they've got high blood pressure because they've got no symptoms whatsoever. And I have one person who, who refused to, uh, refused to uh, go into hospital because the pressure was so high uh, for us to control that blood pressure, uh, was adamant that he can, he can go home and he'll, he'll, he'll be okay because he's got no symptoms whatsoever, uh, walked out of my rooms, uh, I, I, I tried to hold him back. I told him, look, you can't do this because you, your blood pressure is very high. I need to bring it down before you go home. He insisted that he went, he went, uh, that, he went that he goes home because he had no symptoms whatsoever. He walked out, out of my door and had a stroke. And this is, this is something that we, we really regret uh, uh, happening. Uh, but it has happened. It has happened to me twice, actually, uh, where patients have refused to take medication uh, because of high blood pressure that was very high, and of course they refused to, to to admit that they've got high blood pressure, and they refused to take any medication uh, uh, for that high blood pressure. And that's that's a reality. That's actually what happens uh, sometimes. Uh, so we need to take blood pressure uh, very seriously and 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 correct it back to normal over a long period of time uncontrolled blood pressure will cause you to have kidney disease. And that's one of the things that we are trying to avoid because there are so many people on dialysis at the moment. And if you, are, if you talk to them, they either have high, uh, diabetes or they have high blood pressure, which has caused the problem. So nip it in the bud and try and get that blood pressure under control. Yes, sir, doctor, I think you answered that question. I'm looking at Tyrell's question on the screen, and he says, uh, what organ can cause uh, high blood pressure, doctor? I don't think there's any organ as such, but except for the, the heart. Remember, high blood pressure is a symptom of something going wrong in the body. It's just one of the, one of the signs that we, we pick up that something is going wrong in the body. Uh, so we really don't know what actually triggers it, what, what, uh, what makes the heart start pumping very hard. Uh, that's basically what it is. It's a, heart, it's a heart that's pumping the blood pressure at a very high rate. And uh, nobody understands, nobody so far, with all the technology that we have, we have no idea why, why the, the heart suddenly starts pumping the blood at such a vigorous rate uh, around the body. Uh, so we don't know what the trigger is and we don't know what sustains it. Uh, but all we can do for the, for the moment is to control it. Um, so we're not getting down to the, the, the real cause of it. Uh, the real cause of it, some of the causes we know from diseases that occur and that, that can cause high blood pressure. But the majority of patients with high blood pressure, uh, we have no idea why, why that high blood pressure has come up. Now, all we can do 
at the moment is to control that blood pressure and try and find a reason for it and try and find a cause uh, which we can eliminate to try and bring that blood pressure down uh, without making medication. But it's, you know, in my experience, uh, that's not possible really. We are, you have to take medication to bring the blood pressure down uh, until, unless you have very uh, strict lifestyle changes that can reverse it uh, if, uh, you know, if you are in the early stages of high blood pressure. Tell you a great afternoon uh, with you, Doctor. Brilliant indeed. Uh, your parting words uh, before we let you go. Uh, well, we need to take care of our body. This is an amana that Allah Taala has given us. Uh, our souls are in our body, uh, but this body carries us around and helps us do things, and we need to take care of it. Uh, it's like, again, the analogy of a car. We need to look after the car to make the car last longer. We need to look after our bodies to make sure that our bodies last. And all those things that damage our body, we should eliminate from our lives. Uh, think about it. Think about your your habits. Think about what you are doing that is causing damage to your body, uh, which you don't really need. Uh, some, some of them are just things that taste better. Uh, but remember, the taste is only on the tongue. Once it goes into your stomach, the stomach has to deal with it. And uh, so just be careful. Make sure you lead a healthy life, wholesome food, and exercise, and keep yourself going. And that should give you a nice, healthy life, inshallah, with a good quality of life. Amina, doctor, you have a beautiful afternoon ahead. Allah bless you. Allah keep you. And uh, please, uh, doctor, remember us in your pious duas as we remember you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the uh, Zohar Azan. And inshallah, we'll continue with our magnificent programming on Marka Sahaba.